the Christmas special is in session. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. And a, and a big, the biggest of hellos to my my co-host Andy. Uh, hello, how are you doing today? How are you doing this fine day on a, on the EFL Sesh podcast? I am absolutely buzzed, my friend. I'm very much looking forward to get back in the swing of things. I know last week there were some scheduling issues, basically, i.e., me being uh, <laughs> too, too sociable, my friend, unfortunately, and uh, we couldn't record last week. But absolutely buzzed for our uh, Christmas special today, and. Uh, yeah, in more ways than one. Bit of a different pod today, Joe. Mm, back with a banger. Um, I guess before we delve right into uh, well, to scheduling old and new, um, how was your weekend? I hear there are exciting things afoot. Yes, so I, I, uh, it was a very good weekend actually, and um, a very good day on Saturday. So I attended my first East Anglian derby on uh, on that. Saturday. So. Yeah, Ipswich Norwich um, was an absolute banger. Enjoyed it. Started drinking at about half past eight on the train. <laughs> right there, got some brekkie. Um, my my partner's dad's like a member of like the Ipswich Workings Men's Club, so I went there and got some supremely cheap pints, which was great. So got you know a bit of Dutch courage for the game. Um, the atmosphere outside the ground was mental. It was you know everyone was loving it, and uh, yeah, it was that the hatred's real. I can I can. Firmly confirm that that hatred is very, very real. Game was really good. Um, uh, you know, if, if you look at the highlights, how Ipswich weren't two or three nil up in the first <laughs> half, I literally have no idea. Um, it was, yeah, it was one way traffic most of the game. Um, we missed some so, but you know, Broadhead missed some great chances. We should have definitely been out of sight in the first half, but ended up being one all classic. Um, smash and grab kind of equalizer for Norwich. And then in the second half, um, they went two one up, and that was a bit of a shock in the first start in the start of the second half. And then, yeah, Wesley Burns scores a lovely goal to make it two all. And I, honestly, when that goal went in, I've never had an experience like it. It was absolutely crazy. Like, oh, I love that. Never, never heard sound like it. Just absolutely mental. Um, but, but even like, I'll give it to the Norwich fans. Like when they went two one up, the amount of limbs in that away end because obviously <laughs> the away end mm. uh, allocation was was nuts. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was an incredible experience, um, and yeah, one that's certainly going to be in the memory bank for a long, long time, Joe. So yeah, very good. Um, and how was your weekend? That's that's a that's a big one as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nice when we can both talk positively about the weekends that we've had related to the football. Um, yes, I did make the potentially risky journey down to Cheltenham to watch uh, Orient play away to bottom of the league and despite making a meal of it for about 90 minutes we we turned it around right at the end um an appalling game of football i have to say we we were we're we're i mean we're just terrible we're atrocious anyway but cheltenham went down to 10 after about 20 minutes and then proceeded to play us off the park for the next 70 minutes which wasn't wasn't ideal for us um and I can only presume tiredness got to them because the last five minutes they we very much brought them down to our level and uh Two extremely dubious goals. They apparently went to Orient players in in Ford and uh, Galebraith, but 
They're two of the clearest own goals you'll see in your in your life, really. It, 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 the first shot just happened to be on target, and then uh, they get given them. But yes, escaped ten man bottom of the league with uh, with three points. Not Smashing very richly, <laughs> yeah, not very richly deserved. But hey, but w- whatever works when you're when you're scrapping. And um, I was a bit doom and gloom, but actually nine points off the relegation zone coming up to Christmas. I'll uh, I'll live with that. To be fair, first 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 season back in League One. Yeah, regardless of who it is in the league you're playing, like getting like a, was it a 93rd minute winner or something? Oh, yeah, like I mean, that. yeah, it's just yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> at, 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 that, at that point, it was Wellens in ten year contract, mate. <laughs> it was <laughs> there, 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 there wasn't a bad word said about him, but yeah, <laughs> forgetting the previous ninety. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was incredible end to the game, and it's one of those ones that you think, cool, that doesn't happen very often. So better enjoy it while it lasts. Hundred percent, couldn't agree yeah. anymore. Hundred percent. No, no, I'm glad you had a good time, and uh, yeah, both our weekends, you know, positive results. And from Ipswich's perspective, Leeds drew as well in the end. So the ten point gap is still there at the uh, top mm. of the second to third. So yeah, it was no damage done. I think it was a typical derby game, and yeah. uh, and it's nice to get yeah, like you said, last minute last minute uh, winner in a in an away game. It would definitely send you guys home happy back to. Uh, Back to Leighton. Um, so exactly. and I was very happy. I was very happy for you when I saw the score. So no, it's good. And uh should we get straight in with the pod, Joe? Because I'm I'm Let's I can't it. contain my my excitement. So today's pod's gonna be obviously a little bit different. We it's our Christmas special, as is uh, the week before Christmas, which is absolutely crazy to think. How's your uh, Christmas shopping going, Joe? Is it terrible or is it pretty good? Completed, completed this year. That's why I'm so happy. That's why I'm so whimsical and carefree. I'm I'm like I'm I'm like Santa Claus basically. All my all my Christmas is done, decorations up. Anything left is to get mold mold whiny after this. Yeah, well, I don't blame you in the slightest. Um, so so today's Christmas special has a special guest. Uh, we we teased it on the socials on our uh, on on X and Instagram, but um, yeah, we we have a special guest from uh, the team that we've been following all season in non-league, Canvey Island. Um, we won't say his name yet. We'll wait until the the interview segment. I'll keep everyone on tender hooks for that. Uh, but you know, it was an incredible interview. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, really good to hear from his perspective what it's like in 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 them divisions, the club, and you know, opened a few eyes certainly. And uh, hopefully, it won't be the first of many uh many um guests on the pod. So that will be coming a bit later on. Um, for the we're not going to be doing any game reviews because we wanted to really highlight the interview as, as the big part of this pod um, and to finish off the year on a really really like, strong point and um, and before before that we'll do our manager Omeri Garan because as usual the EFL's feasting up some great manager Omeri rounds right now um, and then after the interview we'll go back to the predictions league like we already have and we'll uh, predict some. Uh, maybe over the Christmas break games and we'll refer back to it later on in either we might do a pod before the end of the year or we might do one at the start of the year we haven't decided yet um so yeah this is the structure of the pod today we're very very excited and hopefully it's a it's a feast for your listening ears Joe I look forward to it already I'm already I'm already excited about the the, the phrases that are coming out and you're on top form today <laughs> we're, we're 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 feasting on something or other I'm almost positive you said tender hooks. Yeah, I'm, tender I'm, hooks. Yeah, surely it's tender hooks. I might be tender. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to start saying tender hooks though because that that's incredible. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait. There's, uh, I, I I am on tender hooks. Um, yeah, with, well, with managerial merry-go-round. 
It's, it's the te- tender hooks is the new damp squib, right? So that's, that's the one. <laughs> love it. You love to see it. Okay, Joe. Well, let's roll right into right into the managerial merry-go-round for the uh, last two weeks um, since we last recorded. So there's definitely been a lot of uh, movers and shakers in the uh, championship and League One over the last two weeks, which is uh, good for us, obviously, but obviously not good for the people that have lost their jobs, right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe good for the people who've got new jobs. Who knows? Hmm. Um, but uh, firstly, I'd like to say Sunderland, uh, you're a bit selfish. Uh, you obviously got rid of Tony Mowbray the day after we recorded. So that's not on, obviously. Hmm. It would have been uh, good to wax lyrical, unfortunately, on uh, on Uncle Tony's behalf. But yeah, we'll, we'll go through the first one. Yeah, Sunderland got rid of um, uh, Tony Mowbray, which at the time I thought was a bit of a rogue choice, bearing in mind where they were in the table and, uh, you know, pretty much just either in or just outside the playoffs. Um Looking back on it now, I think, you know, if they get a good manager in, they still haven't got the manager in. But I think there's a lot of talk about um, Michael Bill, I think, getting in that getting that job on a full time mm-hmm. basis, um, which, again, bit of a weird appointment. I think bearing in mind his last uh, track record of Rangers didn't go around very well. And, uh, and and maybe is in my mind, his reputation is tarnished. But beside the fact my thought, I think, is a harsh, a harsh sacking. I didn't think he deserved it. I think they were still playing some good football. He was playing a lot of young players with a young team. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was a little bit stumped by that one, Joe. What about you? Yeah, same. I, I think uh, by no means. I think they've been amazing this year. They haven't been tearing up any trees. But I think actually, if you compare them to last year, I, I think actually last year was an over overperformance, sorry, rather yeah. than an expected result to end up in the playoffs. And I, I don't think they were in bad shape at all this year. Um, I mean, you know, big, big Dodsey has come in and won two and lost one. But so, yeah. I don't know, maybe they did need the change. But yeah, I, I can't be convinced until I see who uh, who they're replacing with, I don't think. How dare they, like you say, how dare they get rid of our our guy, Tony Mowbray? Yeah. I mean, that's a shambles. Or at least, at least have the good grace to give us a heads up. I mean, we could have prepared his Sunderland obituary, but... No, we got blindsided. Shocking performance from from Sunderland there. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was really sad when I saw Uncle Tony or the fun fun uncle, as we call him on the pod, uh, get his get his um, marching orders. But yeah, could have given us a bit of up, give a bit of notice, so then we could have really uh, given him the send off that he deserves. But. Um, I'm obviously not going to keep the listeners waiting. Obviously, uh, the, the main part of the the pod is obviously our interview. So let's let's keep cracking on because there's a few we need to get through today. Um, so the next one, um, which I probably think wasn't a much of a surprise, but um, Michael Duff uh, lost his job at Swansea. Um, saw this one coming from an absolute mile away. They have been, you know, with the strike force that they have, you know, they bought in um that guy from blackpool if i remember rightly you know uh i forget his name but uh he was he was due to be a really good striker and i know lost perot but still had the ingredients of a good squad there to definitely challenge in more of the upper echelons of top top six or maybe even a little bit lower i think i predicted him to maybe come in like 10th or 11th i don't know maybe i did him low, lower than that well, uh but let me let me yeah. tell you let me yeah yeah you. yeah it'd be good it'd be you good to know where i'm 17th Oh, yeah. even worse. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, you were not clearly. not very positive about Swansea, clearly. Well, clearly, yeah, and and, and clearly, my uh, my initial viewpoints have been just as you know just deserved um, because or, or yeah, they are indicated. Yeah, almost bang on. Oh. Yeah, um, but that run of form they've been on was absolutely terrible, and and I think if I would have kept with him, I think maybe lost the dressing room, and there was no confidence there, and I think it was definitely needed a change, but a change that really hasn't 
officially happened yet. Alan Sheehan's come in, but I don't. I think he's still the assistant, right? He's still the he's still the assistant manager. Or he was like the caretaker, so yeah, they haven't actually caretaker head coach. I don't know. Just, yeah, yeah. It's just again one of them things where yeah, I think he was right to get rid of him, but you need to have a ready made replacement ready to go. A lot of these teams st- are doing this, They're making the same mistakes mm. and not having the replacement lined up ready to go. Um, which baffles me, Joe. But what what did you think of Michael Duff sacking? Was it was it coming from your perspective? Yeah, it's an, I do think he was underperforming. Mm. Again, I think I completely agree. I don't know why you'd sack him now without the plan in place to replace him. This just seems ludicrous. And I always have, I, I never understand why you. I, I presume the plan is to you know get get rid just before Christmas, give a couple of weeks to assess the team, and then potentially bring players in in January. So that bit I don't necessarily disagree with. Yeah, but if you're going to sack him and then just leave it unoccupied for a for a month or, or get a caretaker in for a month, what's the I, I I can't get on board with that in the slightest. Um, I mean, yeah, Alan Sheehan for now seems to be this caretaker manager. I, I can't see him giving him the job full time. Um, yeah, regardless of how well or not he he eventually does in these next couple of games. Um, and I I don't know. Maybe I'm too nice. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should be more, more axe happy and just be getting rid of all these these managers. But axe happy, I, yeah. I just I can't I, I can't work it out. I don't. I, this is a this is a really strange one as well because, you know, I I don't think they're worse than three teams in that division. Like I can't see them being at serious risk of getting relegated this year, as evidenced mm-hmm. by the fact they keep on getting results against the teams below them. So, I don't know. I I I don't know. I'm baffled. I'm baffled. To be honest, every single one of the managerial merry-go-round discussion points this week has sort of left me confused. I, yes, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm a bit of a loss. Well, obviously, the Tony Mowbray news is just devastating stuff, but, <laughs> but yeah, it, this this one as well. I, I don't, I don't understand. Why, why bring him in? Why bring you know stuff in if 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 you can give him. I know you say six months, but he hasn't really had six months. He's had about no. three months of football time. Like, what's the point? I don't get it. It's too short term. But agreed. Yeah, one hundred percent. So let's. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think, um, yeah, they need to get someone in ASAP before the Christmas break because there's a. Then they might be thinking, well, let's put this guy in for the Christmas Christmas period. But you know, there's only you know if they go on a run of bad results, I know he hasn't done too bad since he's been there, but. Um, you don't want to be like languishing near the bottom um, or the relegation zones post Christmas, right? There's not much time for a new manager to really stamp their authority and, and get them up the league. So mm. yeah, we'll watch this space. I haven't heard any rumours about who actually is going to take that <laughs> job. That's even worse. That gives <laughs> hey, me even more jeers. See, you know what? Maybe, maybe this is all actually part of an Ipswich problem because Ipswich have gone up absolutely smash the league with his rando manager and now everyone thinks they could do it but yeah. unfortunately not everyone has the minerals to be to be in it switch so yeah 100% you need you need certain minerals certainly <laughs> um okay well let's go to the next one and um one actually i'd say was a good appointment and i'm quite keen about this but neil harris has come in at cambridge yes. Um, yes, agreed. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of this appointment. I think mm. he was very harshly treated by Gillingham. Um, I know that they were very much not scoring many, but they weren't conceding many either. And they were, you know, they, he's always had them in like the playoff zone or like above top echelons of um, League Two. Um, so I, you know, I think with Cambridge's slightly, it was a very much a sinking ship. They had started really, really well, but then absolutely fell off a cliff for the last like ten weeks, haven't they? Mm. And have uh, and have done pretty poorly but I think he's come in I think he's already got a couple of half decent results already yep. um and I Very think good results in my mind I think 
that kind of appointment keeps him up, in my opinion. I think he's a great manager. I think for elite, you know, he knows the leagues. He's he's managing every single one, so it's not like it's um, he he's you know unfamiliar to the EFL or anything. He's a good safe pair of hands. I think he's got a bit of passion. He'll instill a bit of passion to that club, um, and I think he maybe sees it as a project. I think he's I think he's probably a good fit for all parties. So you know, <laughs> Swansea or Sunderland, you know. That's a good appointment. That's a ready-made replacement. It's ready to go, and 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 I think you know, I think Cambridge have made a shrewd appointment there, Joe. What about you? Yeah, an annoyingly good appointment actually. I sort of banking on this Cambridge, uh, this Cambridge team definitely finishing below us this year and providing at least one one position of a uh, of buffer between us and bottom of the league. But yeah, I mean, he's a good manager, Neil Harris, um, particularly at this level, and I completely agree. I think I don't understand why Julian got rid of him. Um, he's going to go into Cambridge and I think he's going to do very good things there. Well, as evidence, but his first two results, a draw against Charlton and a, and a win against Blackpool. Um, yeah, really good. Blackpool were in blistering form as well at the time. Mm. So, I, I yeah, broadly positive, uh, annoyingly. I would have liked to have not been so happy about that, but <laughs> yeah, Neil Harris is, is here to save Cambridge's season, apparently. Yeah, and I think he might he might well do, but watch mm. his space, we'll see. Um and actually, I've seen Hadme. He's been getting some contributions recently. He's only scored in the last couple of games, so that's mm, good to see as well. So, yeah, big Hassan. Um, you know, we'll get you on the pod soon, my friend. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> good. Um, next one. Um, obviously, a, a, um, managerial sacking, but still not been um, filled. Uh, Burton Albion. Um, I don't know how to say his surname, but I'm just calling him Big Dino. Um, yeah. as, as yeah. been fact. Um, from Burton. Um. Looking at their form and how they've been playing, um, yeah, this was coming from an absolute mile off, in my opinion. I didn't think it was a, a necessary shock. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was too surprised, but I'm surprised they really haven't got anyone lined up. Like, if, you've, if you have, there's only three days between Neil Harris taking the Cambridge job and Burton Albion taking the job. Like, if he's available, someone like Neil Harris, you take him, right? So I'm surprised that they haven't jumped on that appointment, like, kudos to Cambridge for doing it um but yeah I'm I'm a bit stumped about who's actually going to take the reins here and, and actually stop the sinking ship that is Burton Albion what about you Joe yeah I agree I yeah I, the terrible terrible form um mm. really annoying that already don't have Burton coming up because that might be a game that we could actually win but <laughs> yeah I mean them and Wickham are sort of duking it out for worst team not currently in the playoff in the relegation zone um yeah, I, I I don't know who is going to go and take on that role. Mm. Um, it's a bit, of, a bit of a stinking role at the moment. Um, obviously, I think they've got Gary Mills in at the moment. He's he's yeah. obviously just just caretaking, but yeah, I think seems to have no managerial career to speak of, to be honest. So I I can't see that being the long term plan. Um, yeah, worrying times for for Burton, but yeah. but long may that continue. I will say, like if if everyone blow orange in the table could just sack their manager and not replace them until the end of the year, that would actually be really, <laughs> um, that would really de-stress me. Um, yeah, that that just get your jitters out, right? That's yeah, why. exactly. Yeah, for, for 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 us to succeed, others must fail. That's the uh, that's the motto. I I it was quite funny. I was going on the Burton website and I was looking trying to find the club statement. You know, they always do like, oh, thank you for your service and mm. stuff. So this is the actual statement of Dino Sacking. So it says, club statement from Chairman Ben Robinson. Dino Marmaria, I think. Yeah, 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 Marmaria has been relieved of his first team duties with immediate effect. Full stop. Wow, that's that's rough. That's (laughs) rough. That's horrible. That's not good, Brev. 
just just lie just lie and say oh but you just thanks for your service i mean that's horrible wow <laughs> it's just that literally just that no no like post-mortem or like you know uh we oh. wish him well in his future endeavors and you know thank you for the effort you put into the squad literally one so sentence that's, that's that as is. close to not wishing someone well as possible really <laughs> that's, that that's is horrible like, that is a subliminal piss off. Yeah, they, I didn't say one. I not in the good books. Not in the good. How, books. how, how do you reckon you'd sack a manager that you didn't like? Do you reckon you'd, <laughs> do you reckon you'd give him the old like, oh, you know, thanks for everything, or do you reckon you'd be a nah, get lost? I, 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 I yeah. Be, What's right? the point? What's the point in burning the bridge? I mean, you're getting rid of him anyway. Yeah. True. Bring yeah. You, you never know. He might have a renaissance, and you might need him later on. Later on, right? So I mean, we I know we're renowned for our stinking predictions, but I don't think Dino Mamria to the Champions League is is something <laughs> yeah. that even I can back. To be honest, true, true, so true. Oh God, well we'll crack on because there's two more to talk about. So yes. um, obviously Stoke got rid of Alex Neil um in the Championship, which. I don't know. I always liked Alex Neil. He has done some good jobs in the past. Obviously, I think didn't he takes didn't he take Sunderland up or you know he did something you know, really yeah. pretty good and um and and he's clearly got some you know level of competency as a manager. But Stoke have always been one of them teams. Certainly the last three or four years that you know with their squad and they invested heavily. I know this season this summer they invested heavily in that squad this year. Lots of young youngsters, a lot of exciting players, but they just massively underwhelm, don't they? They underwhelm. Like there's no, you know, like there's no. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right. I'm trying to find the right phrase. They underwhelm um, more than you know anyone could ever think of. You always predict them like tenth or eleventh in the league, or maybe even higher. They're currently what fifteenth, sixteenth, maybe even lower than that currently. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're massively underperforming, and I, I think ultimately that's 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 what's cost him his job. I think it's it, it, it certainly didn't shock me, but I I remember seeing them earlier in the season against Ipswich. And 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 they were just poor. They were just so underwhelming for the attacking talent they've got. Um, for the you know general, they're pretty good defensively, but you know we still kept a clean sheet against them. They still conceded two goals. It's the only clean sheet we've actually Ipswich have actually had at home all season, um, which says a lot about them. So the fact that I think they just need a bit more of an attacking manager because they have the squad. I, I'm quite excited by that squad. Very young, very vibrant. You know, building for the future, but ultimately I think. That he isn't the right guy to to send him send him there, and clearly Stoke thought exactly the same. So, Joe, what's your opinion on uh, Alex Neil getting the chop? Yeah, Alex Neil with like the the football world's biggest whoops, like yeah. <laughs> gets gets promoted with Sunderland, absolutely enormous club. I know only back into the Championship, yeah, but, yeah, and then decides immediately to sack that off and go to Stoke, who proceed to give him a good year of basically completely free reign. Like they, they let him off a disappointing season last year because he convinced somebody that he was building something. Yeah. yeah. And, and what he was building was not it. It was made of sand and it, it crumbled when, when the weather got a bit bad. Um, yeah. I, I, I have no sympathy for him. He completely goofed that. Um, the, the, it, what can you say? It, he needed to go. Like the the, yeah. the football was terrible, and Stoke should not be in nineteenth position in the championship. Um, recent results have only confirmed that they did the, furiously losing to teams in the bottom three of that division. Who, yeah, QPR, Sheffield Wednesday, and Rotherham are not teams that you should be losing to if you're a serious championship club. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, and actually, I I don't 
I don't think getting rid of him was the wrong decision. I think he had to go. I, I, it, <laughs> there are no redeeming features about that story, really. It's just, a, it's just a shame because I, I agreed. I don't hate Alex Neil. I think he's actually a decent manager. And yeah, what has gone on at State there? I'm not entirely sure. He got the backing. He got the time, and did absolutely nothing with it. So, yeah. So maybe he isn't as good a manager as I thought. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, yeah, I, I well, we wish Alex Neil the best in his future endeavours, and I'm sure he'll get a, another EFL coaching role or head coach role at some point. Um, no doubt. Because mm. I still think he's, you know, I think for the right team, I think he's a good appointment. I think sometimes, you know, clubs and managers have to mix right, and they have to be the right, right, you know, hybrid. And I think uh, maybe it wasn't him for Stoke, but. I'm sure he can be uh, useful somewhere else. So, you know, hopefully he gets in. And then the final one, because uh, there's been loads. You can tell there's loads, right? Mm. This, is, this is another fifth or sixth we talk about. But finally, finally, Rotherham have appointed <laughs> a new head coach in Liam Liam, Liam, Liam Richardson. I, I, see, weirdly, I've been saying Liam the whole time. But yeah. then you just said it Liam. And actually, it might just be Liam spelt weirdly. Yeah. But, hey, really Liam, get in touch. Get in touch, Liam. We'll have you on the pod. You can say your name. Yeah, there you go. 100%. Clear it up for us. Clear it up. Um, so it's interesting. I was reading the press conference or press conference notes or the, you know, when they say, oh, he's been appointed. So he says, following a long and meticulous interview process, which has seen a number of high caliber candidates considered, it was agreed by the board that Leem's credentials and vision for the project were mostly closely aligned with our own. And he arrives at the Ace Seal State, New York Stadium, as part of the restructuring of the football setup of the club. Richard decides to deal until the summer of 2026 as the club's first modern day head coach and arrives with experience with second tier Wigan Athletic with whom he gained promotion to the level as he finished champions of Skybet League One and earned the honour of EFL League One manager of the season. So it looks like it's a pretty good appointment. And I think mm. maybe Rotherham are looking at the future and thinking probably we're not going to stay up this season and we're going to need a coach that knows League One and knows uh, knows the league inside out and has got out the league and ultimately needs us to, you know, can be the best person to get us straight back up to the championship. Because, you know, I think teams like Rotherham, if they go down from the championship, it could be a really sliding you know, it could, they could go on a massive slide, couldn't they? Um, so I think it's an appointment which I, I don't hate. I think it's pretty good. But I think they're certainly thinking of the future and thinking, yeah, we got no chance of staying up. And I think let's let's get a manager in that knows League One and, and, and has had success in League One. And let's give him the, the ammunition to get us out of that league again, back into championship. What about you, Joe? Yeah, completely agree. This is a decision for the future. I don't think yeah. they have any hope of staying up this year, to be quite honest. But it, regardless, even if they do scrape and stay up or they go down and have a season to rebuild, I still think they'll be in the championship in not too distant future. Um, yeah. I think it's a great appointment. Liam Richardson yeah. at Wigan was fantastic in in League One, obviously taking into the title. And then the season after, obviously, didn't go well. But there, there are so many problems with that club at Wigan, uh, well, even now, let alone last year and year yeah. four. So I think it's a bit of a misnomer um, looking at, how his tenure ended there um and it actually surprised me that this is his first gig since then um i don't i don't actually know if that was by choice or or by people not contacting him i can't imagine it's the latter um but again lean get on the blur to us we'll uh we'll have your story out for you um i i think yeah i think it's a really good good appointment and i i think yeah. it's going to stand rather in really good stead to break this sort of yo-yoing they keep doing i think they're 
and I'm about to make up a statistic here, but I, I think it's something ridiculous. Like every season for the last eight seasons, they've either been promoted or relegated or something like that. They just, yeah. they can't make it stick. They, they keep on going up. They're clearly too good for League One, clearly not good enough for the championship, which is a very yeah. frustrating place to be in. And I don't see why Leem couldn't be, uh, couldn't be that difference um, hmm. if anyone could be. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. It could be a good appointment, even if they stay up this season. I think it's it's a good appointment throughout, really, and it, it shows that you know, yeah, you might not have a really great replacement when you got rid of Matt Taylor, but um, getting someone like him in, I think maybe is worth the wait. And 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 yeah, let's see how he gets on. But you know, I think it's a good appointment overall. So yeah, let's hope that you know he does his magic straight away, or if not, he certainly is one of probably the best candidates in 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 the whole of the EFL to to get Rotherham straight back up into the championship. So let's see how that goes well finally we're at the end of the managerial merry-go-round and uh, my head is spinning from the amount of changes that's been <laughs> in the last two weeks so that was uh that was mad um but yeah no thanks joe for that it was, it was good to good to hear your thoughts and and uh, i think we're pretty much aligned to that well we're going to go straight into the uh, bit that the fans the everyone's been waiting for um yeah we, we we're going to go straight into the interview segment so this is our first guest on the efl sesh pod we're very very excited um and uh, yeah, I, I I think don't need too much of an introduction. We'll get straight into it. Let's go. Well, hello and welcome back. And uh, as we alluded to earlier, uh, we're absolutely delighted um, that we've got our first guest on the pod and. Uh, right in time for our Christmas special. Um, I'm delighted to say that we've been joined by Danny Hill, who is one of the directors and also a director of football, supposedly on the website of uh, Canvey Island. Um, Danny, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, more than welcome, gents. Nice to meet you both. Yeah, absolutely. It's been nice to meet you too. And uh, yeah, uh, really, really excited to get stuck into a little bit more about Canvey Island, learning more about the club. Um, some of our questions are, you know, revolve around that. And uh, yeah, please answer him honestly. Uh, looking forward to hear your insight about the club as as you're obviously an integral figure in the club. And hopefully yeah. the start of a key relationship with the EFL Sesh Pod and Canvey Iron and maybe getting some more guests on in the future. So hopefully you're the catalyst for all of that, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, Joe, I'm, you know, any anything from you before we get started with the questions, my friend? No, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I, it, finally, we've got somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, rather than just us two. <laughs> yeah, talking about <laughs> can be in the uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, Danny. Um, so the first question we have for you is: Can you kind of, as 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 I said earlier, um, on the website, you're both down as a director and a director of football at the club. So do you want to describe your role a bit more um, at Canviano and what your exact role is? Yeah, it really started with a family thing, really. Uh, my dad used to play for Canvey as a, as, a, as a young man, and I, um, as a young, from the age of three years old, I used to be the one running around the pitch after the game, kicking balls about, watching my dad play and things like that. And then my dad took over briefly as manager in, I think, 1991, just before Jeff King took over. Nice. Um, so we sort of kept it in the family. But obviously, uh, in my playing days, obviously, I spent a lot of time at Concord, um, Played for Hongchurch, Dartford, Great Wakering, 
and then made my way back to Concord and then um, ended up finishing my career at Canvey for the last three years of my playing career and then took over as manager for five years. And then obviously work commitments sort of got in the way for me, really. So something I had to give. So my uh, assistant manager at the time, Brad Wellman, um, me, me and him had a chat and that. So we brought Mark Bennett in to work alongside uh, Brad Wellman um, four or five years ago now. Yeah. So I, I, went, I went upstairs, as, as you say. So uh, they asked me to go on the board with my dad and everyone, which was already on there. And uh, so I've done that. And they just sort of kept me in the role, really, as a director of football. So I've just got a good relationship with Brad and Sammy. So... I try not to get involved too much because obviously the last thing you need is the old manager tapping you on the shoulder and putting his opinion in. So I'm just yeah. there for if they make any signings or anything um, or they just need to pick people's brains and everything. I'm just sort of the go-between between the management team and the board, really. Oh, that, that's really, really interesting. It's good that you've um, you've kind of gone through that whole journey of playing for them. You've managed them for a little bit. You've done that kind of full circle of of being involved with the club. You said you also played for Hornchurch. I know they're doing pretty well this season in in, in the Isthmian Premier this season. So that's that's interesting. And also, fun fact, my dad also played for Hornchurch back in the day, I think in the 1960s oh, well. or early 70s. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of a, a bit of a link there. Um, no, so that, that's 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 really interesting, and I, I like the fact that you know there's that family connection to the club as well, and uh, it shows that kind of it, that kind of means a lot to you. I can I can definitely tell that, Joe. I think you had a question about you know the, about the director of football role. Yeah, I, I do actually. I think actually you've already touched on it, Danny, a little bit around transfers because the transfers and how they work in sort of the, the lower leagues of the football league and, and even non-league is so different from how it's portrayed in, you know, in the, in the papers when you've got like these prem agents wanting about signing who knows who for God knows how much. I was wondering, Oh, I was wondering really, how does it work? How, how does, how does a player get uh, if you, to if you, want, if you want the God's honest truth? Yeah. He said, it's who knows who, really. The problem mm. you have is when, when you're involved once you're playing and then you, you go into management and things like that, you, you get to know the players in the league and from other teams and everything like that. And you meant, you're meant you basically, by the rules, you're meant to be putting a seven-day approach into a club. So you, you sort of specify a player that, that, that you, you're keen to talk to and that. And the right roles is is obviously you, you you get your secretary of your football club to contact the secretary of the other club um, to put a seven day approach in, and then the other club's got seven days to speak to their player and give them the heads up that after seven days we're free to call them and make contact. Um, when I was managing, you, you get to know the other managers throughout the years, and uh, mm. they they become sort of football friends in a way. And uh, so you, what I normally do is I normally give the manager a ring. And just say, look, we want to have a chat with him. Is it all right? Um, some of them are a bit funny and say, look, can you put a seven day in? Some of them are just sort of say, look, give me 24 hours. Let me have a chat with a boy and then um, uh, we'll give you the green light to speak to him. But there is a rule in place. And I don't know whether it's still in the same rule, which I'm certain it is. But you can only put a seven day approach in for one player per month. So, hence, if you do put a seven-day approach in, in for a forward, for instance, and then, and then obviously they either come or they don't come, then you can't approach that club for another for, for another thirty days, I believe, since the seven days are up. Mm, that's so but interesting. That is how it's meant to work. Now, obviously, I won't be throwing anyone under the bus, but <laughs> talks to each other. Someone knows someone and have a little word in someone's ear, and it goes on. And there's no way of stopping me in non-league football, but. 
unless they're on a contract or whatever, then obviously you'll just get told that the, the player's on a contract and, and they don't want you to speak to him. So obviously you've got no right to because he's contracted to that club. But most people nowadays, you know, but it, it's getting worse. Not in my area, it weren't, it weren't a big thing. But there is a lot of younger fellas now that are coming through with agents and that. But mm. I've never really got my head around that, if I'm honest with you, because... Some of these young lads that are breaking into like rhyme of football and, and, and things and getting the release from pro clubs and that they're, they're not earning big money. So it's say all the lads earning 150 pounds a week. Like, what's the agent getting out of it? Do you know what I mean? But mm. when I was doing it, especially obviously four or five years ago, I, I, I weren't really keen. As soon as I knew there was an agent involved, I sort of moved on and, and, and looked elsewhere to do a shit. But I think that is becoming a big thing in non-league football now that people are getting agents involved. Yeah, yeah, that was I... interesting because oh no, go on, Andy. I, I was going to say that because that really was where that was going. I, 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 I've spoken to a couple of people who say very similar things. These sort of agents pop up, and actually, you sort of think, well, what's in it for you at this point? <laughs> well, they're, they're answering yeah. all when I was doing it. Was, was oh no, well, if he moves on up the pyramid and blah blah blah. I said, listen, mate. I'm a, I'm a firm believer, especially in non-league football. Now, it's, it's not about you've got to make sure that you're enjoying it. You get on with mm. the manager, and, and then you're happy. And because otherwise, you bring you bring someone in who's going to be a bit of a Danny Cowley used to say to me when he used to manage me that people become energy zappers. And if you've got a good tight knit changing room and everyone's on the same page and putting in the right direction, and you ain't got no bad eggs, nine times out of ten, you, you're a successful team. But it only takes one or two bad eggs to come in. So. When people are moping about and, and they're not playing as much, you know, I'll, I'll get everyone's frustration at times. But these youngsters, they need to realise that they need to get games under their belt. That you'll, you'll end up with a 22-year-old lad that's sat on the bench for one of the bigger teams in the league, say Hornchurch or somewhere like that, for half a season. And then and then once they've come into a club that are sitting in mid-table and that's saying, oh, yeah, well, I've been at Hornchurch. So you, you haven't played no games, mate. Like mm-hmm. You need to get as many games under your belt and get your experience and realise that when you're a young whippersnapper and, and, and you're coming up against an experienced centre-half where his elbows are flying around you every mm-hmm. two weeks, but you've got to learn to protect yourself from that. So it, it frustrated me, if I'm honest with you, towards the end of my manager when I was managing at Canva. It was just the fact that my, the era I sort of played with, because obviously I retired when I was 33 and took over as manager and was quite young, really. So for, the, for my tenure as manager I was dealing with sort of players that I knew that was around my sort of um, generation as such so mm. towards the end of it you started getting these young whippersnappers that think they're better than they are and <laughs> like I say I, I, you need to get some games under your belt before you've got a bit of an opinion if you, if you know what I mean <laughs> yeah no, that makes sense I think and sorry Andy to jump in again but I think that actually relates to another question I had I think obviously you alluded to the fact that you became a manager quite obviously relatively early on in your career quite a young age actually that's a theme that the football league has really picked up on in the last couple of years you're seeing loads of managers coming in sort of mid-30s late 30s some with quite limited previous playing careers some going straight from player to manager as i as a simple layman um I, i can't understand how do you walk in and you're instantly respected as a manager or do you walk in and you sort of yeah. Um, over the first couple of games, weeks, months. Believe, believe it or not, listen. If, if you if, never, never had a problem personally, was the answer mm. to the question that like, I had. But obviously, listen, I, I scored quite a few goals. I, I didn't have a bad yeah. non-league career, so I sort of got respected in that way. Anyway, it sort of earned me respect. But 
if you're managing a Sunday morning team and, and mm. you're not getting paid and all your players are turning up half hung over, etc., then the, <laughs> the bit of the discipline and and the respect for things sort of goes a bit missing. But in non-league football, especially in the Ryman North level or the Ryman Premier, especially obviously Conference South and higher as you go above up yeah. the leagues, but when when they're getting paid and that, it's like I say they're not late, they're on time. Do you know what I mean? You get the odd thing when people are caught in traffic and that, but generally they're, they're well behaved, they're well respected because. They've been brought up that way through the pyramid. So as as they've been playing like youth football and everything like that, the, normally the better players know how to behave. So, um, yeah, if, like you say, you, you do get the odd the, the odd person that, that, that gets a bit leery and that. But as a manager, you've got to nip that in a bud as soon as as soon as you lose respect to the challenger and you've had it. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you. That's all right. Andy, I'll, I'll let you get in a word in edgeways now. I've been I've been railroading it. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Like when you obviously prepare a lot of these interview questions, they mm. kind of like go on to different tangent, but really, really good tangents. It's excellent. Like this is really good. Right. I suppose um one of the questions I had, and I'm gonna nick one of your questions, Joe, is obviously <laughs> when you get when you get involved with a club like Canvey, you know, what kind of goals do you have in mind? Like you know, what's your current plan? Do you have like a five year projection where you want to see the club? Um, you know, or is it very much a living season by season and you're kind of just looking at, okay, how 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 does this season look like? Or are you looking more longer term in your yeah. like, Thing is, the way the world is at the minute, obviously, with 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 these interest rates going through the roof, and everyone's finding it hard to, to survive. Let alone, there's a lot of football clubs that are really struggling now. Hmm. You, you look at you look at some of the the, the clubs around us. I say Hornchurch have been have been, and I know Colin McBride and the boys there really well, and and. It's a tough, tough job non-league football, and especially running a football club in this day and age where there's a lot of money flying around in non-league, and you have to make sure that. You got to keep the supporters at me. You got to keep the players at me because you've got to find their wages every week. And like especially yeah. at the moment, apart from the Potters Bar game last Saturday, we haven't had a home game for four weeks because of the weather and things like that. So mm. your income that's coming in through your home games and everything is important. Do you know what I mean? So as soon as you get a bad reputation for yourself and you don't pay your players, or you find a lot of clubs that. Get, they put a budget in place in August get to get going and then by Christmas it's not looking their way and that, they're, mm. they're sort of wanting to save money for next season but then you get a reputation of doing that and players end up staying away from there but as for Canvey obviously you going back over the years is obviously when, when you've got some, the one person involved that's fronting it all yeah. you're only as good as can maintain that sort of what they're doing with the wage bill and things like that until they, they have enough and they move on and then you've got to pick up the pieces now obviously Jeff King gave us great success over the years in the 90s and the early 90s obviously winning the FA Trophy final getting us to the Conference League and uh, playing like big teams home and away but at, we, we used to get five, six, seven hundred people going to when we was in the conference and that, and we was paying this massive wage bill out back then. I, I think the wage bill rumoured around to be about 10, 12 grand. And wow. when you're talking 20 years ago, that's a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? And Very much, yeah. Like, we, we could have sustained it. And then obviously, Jeff put it out there as a time. I remember as a young man, and I was training with the first team at the time. And the. Um, he, he, I remember him putting out there on social media or, or, or on, on the. To, uh, to the supporters club at the time saying if you don't come and support us this ain't going to be able to be sustainable for much longer and obviously he decided to step away and obviously we ended up going back down to the Ryman 1 North and John Batch took over and saved the club 
and uh, we managed to pick up the pieces. And then, but I, I think personally now that the league we're in, the Ryman Premier, is probably where we where we want to be. And I just think that, like last year, we got promoted, and uh, we we our main outlay of the season was just to stay in the league, get our, find our feet again, and make sure that. But we're getting five hundred people through the gate most weeks now, and yeah. it's a nice. Us down there. We built a new clubhouse six years ago. So we've gone from having a shack where you couldn't really slam the door because it was going to fall down to mm. having this big new nice complex there. And, and we, we, we've got functions going on every weekend and that. So we're more sustainability. But you look at teams like around us, like Billericke at times when Glenn Hampton went in there and that. And obviously he's changed the club for them. But again, was it sustainable? Probably not. And They've managed to pick up the pieces and, and do all right again. Do you know what I mean? But some clubs don't. So fair play to Billy Ricky for doing that. But yeah, you just got to be careful. But the answer to your question without mm. me battling on it again is we're probably where we want to be at the moment. And I just think yeah. that last year was an ideal season for us to keep the fans interested in that. We got to the playoff semi final and got yeah. beat, which. They said if we if we were lucky enough to, to get in there and and to get promoted, then we'd have to deal with it. Do you know what I mean? But at the moment, we've got a nice little thing going on down there, and uh, so we're just staying in this league for the next three or four years. At the moment, is our probably our priority at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I think it's important. You know, some some clubs, you know, really really push not say really push for promotion up and up in the leagues, but you know, there has to be a sense of actually being ready to go up. Yeah. Do you have the infrastructure, the the right people involved, and the right players, and and everything associated with clubs has got to be ready for that step up in level. So it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting you saying that, and I think it's actually a fair fair statement, showing a little bit of not say humility. It is humility, but it's also understanding of the pyramid in general and uh, and some teams can go up all the way and then you know they can be really brought back down to earth and that then can have a spiral effect right yeah well, we've, we've conquered coming into the league as well now mm. obviously we're a little island where we all live yeah. with thousand people that live here and we've got two decent teams in the Ryman Premier where it's an, the question gets thrown about that you should both merge and that but there's politics on both sides of the club Mm-hmm. Very awkward for me because obviously I played most of my football yeah. football and I've got a lot of good friends down there. But obviously I'm involved in Canby now, and yeah, it's just one of the things I say. It's it's just it's just getting the right people around you. And listen, obviously our ground grading is we've been in the Conference League already when Jeff was doing it, so the ground grading is okay. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, it's about money all the time. Like you say, you 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 got you get promoted to the Conference South, then you've got more coaches, you've got overnight mm. stays, and it, it, everything just gets out of hand at times. And like say, Concord unbelievably stayed in there for ten years and done really well. And obviously, um, a close friend of mine in Anthony, the old chairman there, obviously he's decided to uh, sort of step away for a bit, and that and I, they're paying the price at the minute and, and starting to struggle this season, but. Fingers crossed they've, they've got themselves going a little bit now, so hopefully they can pick up a few more points and get themselves to safety. 100%. You know, that's... that's uh, and, and especially every affinity with other clubs as well. I, 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 suppo- I suppose going completely tangent, um, because obviously you said you've played for various teams over over your career and also been involved with other teams. Um I'll be interested to hear what team do you actually... Do, what team do you actually support? Whether you supported the same club as a kid uh, or is it... Uh, Oh, yeah. it's been kind I'm of like I support Liverpool, but um, oh, okay, I've lost my accent with Scouse <laughs> accent, but no, <laughs> no, yeah. I just followed my dad. So when I was growing up, obviously football mad. Obviously, he had a bit of a soft spot for Liverpool. I think um, 
the first kit I got bought as a as a young kid was a Liverpool shirt. So I sort of stayed with them. So one of my best friends supports Liverpool as well. So we don't go up there as much as we should do. But so we, we try and get up there at least once a season to go and watch a game and bits and bobs. But they're the first. Um, that's the first result I look for of a weekend. And uh, yeah, say I'm more of a non-league person myself because I like to say you're a bit more involved in non-league and I say mm. you can have a beer at the bar with the players, etc. And I said I've, I've been built up and brought up in non-league football, so like I say it's cheaper to go and watch a game for the for the uh, for the Joe public and that. But uh, yeah, so Liverpool's my team. No, no, that's that's fair enough. And uh, yeah, no, uh, what, what was your reaction to the game at the weekend? For you, to be fair, I, I, I thought they come and part the pass if I'm honest when I was watching it. I, yeah, I think they did as well. Yeah, I know yeah. Roy Keyes had a pop with Van Dyke uh, yesterday about it, but it's listen after what happened to them last year, I think it was 7 0 now. I think they got the, got a good idea, didn't they? So, listen, they was always going to come. And uh, listen, I thought Liverpool were the better side, we looked like we wanted to go and win it, but obviously, you've got to take your chances. I think I was listening on talks, but with that, I think we had 34 chances on target, you did, yeah. And didn't put one away. So on another day, one goes in and that. But I say, uh, I, I say, I think they come and park the bus a little bit. If I'm honest, uh, I, would, I think I would tend to agree with you on that. Um, yeah. you, you also, you also said, obviously, you know, being brought up in non-league football and and going to games is is really cool. I a story I had this year. Um, I so my birthday's in February, and me and my mates, um, we have birthdays quite close uh, together, and we always go to like a a random place in the UK and and go and watch. Uh, we'll have a, like just go out and and go out, go out clubbing, or we go and watch a football game. And we had Bristol this year, and when the weekend we went, both Bristol clubs were actually out um, uh, out there away that game, and we went to see Bristol Man of Farm in non-league. Um, I think it was the uh, I forget what Southern Premier Division, I think. And uh, yeah, that was unbelievable. Ten pound for ten pound, get in. You get a pint, you get a program, and you get a sausage sausage roll as part of that deal. And it was unbelievable. It was about two hundred fifty people there. It was, the atmosphere was excellent, and it just it just yeah brought my not saying brought my love of football back, but it just kind of you know when you're in them kind of leagues, it, it, the the atmosphere in the community that built that's built over time is, is is great, right? And you feel that when you when you go to them kind of games. Yeah, I just think especially in the league. I've, you're more of a part of it. Like yeah. my, my, my daughter, they're West Ham mad for some reason. I'm not too happy about it, but we wife put my daughter in the like in West Ham. So yeah. she used to go as a kid with her with her dad who had a season ticket before he sadly passed away. But he uh so I took him down there the other day because we got a plaque done on the on the floor outside the ground for him. So we went and had a look at that and took them to a game. But it's said I really enjoyed it to be fair. They they won three two. I think it was against Nottingham Forest the other week. But um once in a blue moon's enough for me with, with with the Premier League and things like that. Because, like you say, with non-league, like you say, you can turn up, you feel more of a part of it, you're closer to the pitch, you're in the bar afterwards, the players are walking around you and that. And it, it's just a bit more of a me, really. Uh, so, you, you, you make it, unless you're living on the doorstep of one of the stadiums and that, then it's probably a bit different. But for me, living on Canby and that, it, listen, you get to West Ham in an hour, but obviously, if I go to watch Liverpool, that is, it's a... It's sort of a weekend trip, do you know what I mean? But I'm definitely more of a favour of um of non-league football than I am of uh, professional football at, at the moment. No, that's a, that's a very fair statement, and uh, you know it definitely grew my love for it. And I think following them this season certainly can be, and and looking at the results and and being really invested in in a team like that. I, th- I think Joe and I have been surprised about actually how invested we've been with Canvey this year. It's like one of my favourite segments of the show. Every time we talk about it, Joe. 
I'll be, I'll be honest with you, but in quickly now, say, if you two boys ever want to come down to a game, you let me know and I'll make sure there's a ticket on the gate for you and we'll look after you. Oh, absolutely. That 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 would be great. Yeah, we we me and Joe actually uh, work quite close to the ground, so we're we're based in Basildon. Um, so we're actually, oh, right. so we're we're not too far away. So we uh we'll set we'll certainly take you up on that offer and uh, yeah. definitely come to a game. It'd be, it'd be good. It'd be good to do a, actually a live pod at the game, and we can we can build build the atmosphere. And I think that'd be a, that'd be an excellent idea. Yeah, I can sort that out for you, mate. You just let me know when you want to come, and I'll make sure that happens. Oh, uh, that's that's uh, that's very very generous of you, Danny. Appreciate that, mate. <laughs> and uh, Joe, I think you had a question about uh, working in football, right? I I do, yeah. And uh, you might have already answered it. I think the passion's very tangible. But I was going to ask you what the best bit about working in football is. I think there's a lot of I don't know. Everyone always goes on about sort of the worst bit. It's very stressful. It's very long hours. Blah blah blah. But I'm only interested in what the best bits are. I'll be, honest, I'll be honest with you, from our side of things, listen, it was a great privilege being a manager at Canvey with that sort of at, uh, the atmosphere there and, and being your, your hometown club as such as well. Mm. Um, listen, nothing, we, 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 when you when you work on things during the week and you go and have the other team watched and, and, and you do all your homework and everything else like that and, mm. and you've got a good, good management staff around you and you work really hard on the training field on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night and, and, and your game plan comes to fruition of a weekend and that and you get a good result and keep a clean sheet and it's in that pint of beer after the game in that bar there's nothing <laughs> sweet but let me tell you that you have some good times and you have some bad times you go on a bit of a run where you lose three on the bounce and that then put it straight my, I don't think my wife was too impressed with my attitude around the house when I don't <laughs> Telling my ass that uh, when we'd won and when we lost, put it that way. But listen, you meet great people and you can meet like-minded people as well. And listen, I've built some great friendships up throughout the years of my non-league career, and I'm still in contact with most of them now. We go away on golf trips and things like that now as well. So yeah, he said it, it changes it changes your pathway of life. Like I say, I played football all my life, and so I started playing non-league football when I got released from Tottenham when I was 17, and. Uh, I say it, it makes a man of you, and it, it learns you how to behave. Going back to your previous question, like say, with respect to management and things like that, when they, when new managers come in, and you just get taught that from experienced players around you and telling you how to behave and how, how you should behave. And listen, if you're someone's paying you to do a job, which most people in non-league football would play for nothing, but they're lucky enough to be getting paid, and it's a privilege. And uh, Listen, you, you've got to toe the line, but say meeting the amount of people I have through non-league football and, and, and the highs of winning and the lows, but it makes you a better person in the long run. But that's probably that's probably the, the biggest thing for me. I love that. What a terrific answer. Go on, Andy. You round <laughs> us off. It's, it's, it, to be fair, Danny, it's like it's like you've uh, you've been interviewed before, mate. It's uh, you, you, your answers are excellent. I love it. Be fair, if you look, if you look back on YouTube when I was managing that um, from the first. Year of doing it, I was a bit. Uh, 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 yeah. you, know I mean? you sort of pick it up as you go along. Obviously, when you get a camera stuck in your face after about <laughs> five, minutes, five minutes after the final whistle, when you get yeah, beat for yeah. nil, um, you have to bite your tongue at times. But yeah, you sort of pick it up as a uh, as you go along. 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen some of the interviews with uh, Brad, and he, he seems to be quite composed in front of the camera. And it's, you know, it, it, like you said, if if it's like a four nil drubbing, it's certainly a different conversation than if it's a four nil win, right? So you need to. It yeah, does come with sure. practice. It's the same with us. Like we've, um, you know, we've we've started this for five months, and uh, we've certainly grown in kind of like flow of how we speak and uh, how how the conversation flows anyway. So it all comes with practice, and uh, you know, there's still room for improvement, but you know, we we get there. I suppose the, the final question we we have for you danny is uh um obviously we we follow canvey every single week uh and we keep up with their results and where they are in the table and obviously the 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 games of um you know the way the season's panned out so far it seems that canvey you know get a couple wins and then a couple losses it seems to be a little bit up and down like a bit of a roller coaster this season um and uh i, I feel like there's probably you're probably like two or three games away from like a real good consistent run that could get you up to the table um but for, for you what's your predictions for the rest of the season and and you know ultimately what does you know in your mind the future hold for Canvey? well like so uh, i think for the start of the season we, mm-hmm. we sort of after having a really good season last year i think people mm-hmm. when you get newly promoted i think a lot of the bigger clubs in the league that have been there for, for years that they sort of take their eye off you a little bit and i think mm-hmm. that you sort of turn up to games and think oh these have only just got promoted you know what i mean i thought we caught a pe- few people off guard but the squad we've got down there at the moment, they've, they've been together for like five, four or five years now. We had that, so we, we, we got got promoted. We, we've had the um, FA Cup run where yeah. we sadly lost a born wood in the second round. and uh, But that gives us a platform with the money from the FA Cup to get ourselves going. But I think after last season, when, when we said we lost in the playoffs and that, we knew that this year with Dalich coming back in here, on church are throwing big money around and yeah. this and Looks they're flying at the moment. They've got three games in hand on Chatham and, and they're still five yeah. points clear. But listen, money talks in this sort of level of football. And uh, I say, like, you know, I'm looking at the table now on my phone while I'm talking to you. And let's uh, say Wingate are doing a fantastic job at the moment. Like, say, they're the surprise package of the season. They, uh, yeah. they, 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 they're doing really well. They give us a good idea away from their place the other week. And, uh, but I like say, money talks in this league and it's a lot tougher league this season. So, we're sitting in mid-table, but I've noticed this year that everyone seems to be beating everyone. Apart yeah. from all maybe Chatham that are sort of winning more than they're losing, everyone seems to be beating each other. I mean, it's like you say, I think like Cheson is sitting in 19th on 19 points, and then Alsham is sitting just outside the playoffs on 30. So there's a lot of, there's like a lot of teams on the 20, 23, 25, 29 points. So like you say, most leagues, you, you win two games on the bounce and it puts yeah. you right in the but sadly, we got ourselves in a really good position the other week when we beat Chatham. Yeah, at and uh, I think we was on. We, we were literally got two points off the playoffs, and we had two games in hand at the time. But we've had a few injuries. Obviously, Evans has, has been a revelation for us for the last couple of seasons, and yeah, he, he got he got, got twenty five league goals last year in Bradley Satch, and obviously, sadly, we had, we've lost him for five weeks. He come back for one cup game. Looked like he was back fit, and then he scored a great goal, and then hurt himself scoring the goal. So he, he's out for another month. Oh, but no. We've obviously brought Sam Higgins in from Longchurch and that, but he's been struggling with a knock. So we're hoping he's going to be training this week, and we're hoping he can feature in the Hall Church game uh, on Saturday coming. Yeah, that'll certainly be a tough game, I think, against Hornchurch, who seem to be, you know, the the not so the runaway leaders, but certainly be the team to team to beat this this year. Um, I suppose you also talk about money and and you know money money talks in this league and, and you know, the upper leagues. You obviously got teams like Hashtag United coming into this league as well this season, and and obviously the following that they that they bring in, and obviously that's that's good eyes for the league. But obviously, you know, they probably have some some more like 
funding and resources they can tap into because they play at Bells and Pitsy, don't they? Um, stadium, yeah. The, um, Joe, Joe Keith obviously was my, one of my assistant managers when I was doing oh, with, nice um, with me, yeah. And obviously, Debs I've known from when he was at East Park with uh, John Coventry and that. So, I know them two lads really well, they've done a great job, yeah, yeah. They've been there from the start, so they've, they've got them out of the senior league, they've got them out of the 1 1 North, and hmm. it's an, I don't know what their budget is, but like you say, I, 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 they're probably not know, like, around what Canby are paying out as well, to be fair. They, hmm. um, we're probably like a mid table budget, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I yeah. Think like that, listen, there's some big teams in that league, and yeah, some like or Canby and that, and Wingate, for instance, anywhere mid table and above for me is a good season, do you know what I mean? You can get that. Things go your way, you ride your luck at times and things like that, like we did last year and we sneaked in the playoffs and that. But I think people have had their eye on Canby now because of what happened last season. So we, yeah, yeah, they don't don't take their foot off the pedal against us now. But Ashdown's come into the league this season and that, and at the moment they're doing really, really well. So fair play to the two lads down there at the moment as well. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, like you said, you've got teams like Dulwich Hamlet who have obviously, you know, they've come to fruition with their FA Cup runs and, and obviously some high-profile people being involved with the club as well. So, yeah, no, you've got some big teams in that league. And I think, you know, you've got a couple of games in hand over Dulwich and Kush- Um So, you've, you yeah. know, you've got, some, you've got some scope there to obviously, you know, still mount a playoff push and I think you're just like I said you probably just need a couple of wins in a row or three wins on the bounce or you know unbeaten for a few games to really get out that league you also talked about yeah. Evans Kwasi as well we, we've we've been trying to get him on for the last like few weeks and I think we're we'll try and get him on in the new year he seems keen so uh I'd like to hear about hear from him he seems a very you know I know he's out injured isn't he for for a little bit at the moment and uh it'd be good to yeah. see him in the flesh as well because he seems a very tidy striker Oh, yeah, listen, he, he, he's been great, to be fair to him. He's, uh, he's always got a smile on his face. Uh, he, he gets the crowd going at, at the football yeah. club. But this, as soon as he gets the ball, everyone's off their seats. So, you know, he's a great lad, Ebs, and he, um, he say he's been brilliant for us over the last few seasons. So, fingers crossed we can get him back on that pitch uh, sooner rather than later. But going back to what you're saying about the games in hand, obviously, we've got, we've got Ornchurch on, on um, Saturday. Obviously, we're not playing... Boxing Day this year because Ornchurch asked us to change it, um, yeah. which we was happy to because it gives our players a chance to spend it with their with their with their um, with their, with their families and everything. So obviously, if we was at home, I don't think it would have got changed because obviously you get a bump of crowd on a box Boxing Day. That, that's Ornchurch's decision. They're probably looking at it the other way that it gives their players a bit more rest for their next game. But so we play. I think we're Ornchurch away, Bogner away, and then we play. Mm. It's been a Ricky New Year's Day, so we um we say we've got three three big games coming up, and if we uh, I know sorry it's Concord uh, New Year's Day, yeah, so that'd be a big one. So like I say we've got three big games. It's say if we can make a couple of wins out of them three, I'll be more than happy. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, def definitely, and um, obviously you're still in the Essex Senior Cup as well, so that's uh that's a competition which obviously has a lot of legacy, and uh, hopefully you can you can definitely mount a challenge or certainly get through the uh, get more through the rounds, haven't you? Because you've got games yeah. today for that, haven't you? Yeah, we've got Bucker still away. Obviously, been a bit of a bit of a, bit of a uh, problem with that. Obviously, we've got quite a few because we only play on a Tuesday, obviously, yeah. and Thursday. That for some reason that the county have let let them get away with playing on a Wednesday. So I know we've got a few boys missing for sadly. But um like you say, we've um we'd fancy our chances against them obviously and hopefully it does go to plan and uh we'll give a good account of ourselves and maybe some of the youngsters are gonna get a bit of an opportunity next week. And uh is it this Wednesday, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's yes, Wednesday. Yeah, yes, Wednesday. Yes, yeah, so, like, so, yeah, so I think it's going to be a bit early for Sam Higgins to get get some minutes mm. belt. So hopefully he can do a bit of running before the game and that. But um, yeah, we're going with a few missing, but hopefully, say so we can give a good account of ourselves. We've got some good young players coming through as well, so it gives them an opportunity to to get some minutes under their belt, and hopefully, uh, we can get the right result for us. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and uh, we'll be we'll, we'll obviously be looking at it, me and Joe, with uh, eagle eyes, and uh, ensuring mm-hmm. that we 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 cover we cover to all the fans, and uh, it's been quite nice. I've we've I've had quite a few people actually reach out to me and and want to learn more about Canvey. So hopefully, you know, we can provide a little bit of a platform to you know get get Canvey's name more out there and and stuff. Yeah, so love that's that's awesome. Um, Joe, have you got any other questions or any closing closing bits that you want to talk about? No, no, no more questions. Um, I think I think that's probably about all we've got time for in reality. But I think I'd love to take the chance, Danny, to say thank you so much for for speaking to us today. And um, no it's been it's been a really genuine pleasure having you on and getting an insight into well your day today, your career today, but also sort of the really obvious passion that you have for the game. And I know that I speak for both Andy and myself when I say. Yeah, we wish you all nothing but success, both you personally and obviously Canvey Island for the foreseeable future. Thank you very much, boys. And to be fair, same to you both. Um, we need more people like yourself doing things for non-league football as well. So keep up the good work. Uh, no, much, much appreciated, 100%. And uh, yeah, no, we'll certainly keep uh, spreading the good good word mm. about the about non-league because it certainly piqued my interest a lot more and just learning more about non-league it's certainly a uh, an eye-open experience but for you know in, in, a, in an absolute positive way because you know it's, it's, it's the it's the grassroots of football that actually you know is so so important and like you said i think at the start the start of the interview you have to enjoy football you have to enjoy it first and foremost and you know you, you start enjoying it from them grassroots and, and starting in them in them leagues right for people that have come through so um you see you see people that have gone through the pyramid right and they always refer back to you know my times in the league made me who i am today and who i am as a person so it's 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 super important danny 100 100 percent. yeah brilliant you boy, i'm down to a game yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 definitely be in touch. We'll definitely get down for a game before the end of the season. Certainly in the new year, it would be our pleasure. And um, yeah, it'd be great to great uh, great to cheer him on and uh, hopefully see see a good result and and a performance out of it, which would be awesome. But no, thank you. Excellent, Danny. No, much appreciated. And uh, yeah, put put a good word in for us with some of the players and uh, and, and the management. It'd be great to get more more of the more of the team members and the club on uh, to 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 our pod. It'd be awesome. Yeah, no worries at all, we'll do. Absolutely. Okay, thank you, Danny. Much appreciated. Yeah, cheers, mate. Bye-bye. So, thanks again to Danny for joining us on the pod. What what an excellent time um, we've had, and we really do appreciate... um, him taking time out of his day as well to, to to spend it with us, which I'm sure, well, I'm sure it was extremely pleasant for him, but maybe not on his uh, on his Christmas list. So yeah, th- thanks again. Um, straight for, from one massive high to the crushing lows, the disappointment of the prediction league. Um, I'm going to do a quick summary of our performance cut from a couple of weeks back, um, where we have mercifully been saved one game through postponement. So thanks, Barrow and Gillingham. And then uh, I think we've got some festive games to predict um, that Andy's come up with, uh, and and yeah, we'll, we'll all wake up with 
bits of coal in our prediction sacks. Grim. What a terrible sentence. <laughs> so so for, from a couple of weeks ago, we had Norwich Preston was our championship game. I went for a bold 2-1 Preston. Andy went for a bolder. No, I went 2-1 Norwich. Andy went for a bolder 3-1 Norwich. And it was nil-nil. Goalless draw. So, it, uh, so our points, therefore, are nil-nil. Our League One game, Reading versus Barnsley. I thought a resounding away win, 3-0 Barnsley. Andy, you've plumped for a one-all draw. It was really annoyingly 3-1 to Barnsley. So mm. grazed with... Uh, I brushed with three points, but have, have settled with one. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, Barry Gillingham was postponed. So I've clawed back a tiny margin. 1-0 yeah. in the game week and 22 versus 25 overall. Um, hopefully, hopefully Christmas is better to me. And... And I'm about to predict all of these game results spot on. 100. Well, percent well, I, ima- I imagine, I imagine that's the case. I imagine that's about to happen. Sorry, Andy. No worries. It's all good. No. Um. And again, I just want to say before we do the games again, thanks so much to Danny for that. That was that was an excellent interview. Very much enjoyed it. It was a uh, it was a good chat. Um. So for the games for Boxing Day, um, I, I had to go our teams right. So mm. Ipswich Leicester because it's first versus second. I love that brilliant game. Um. I'm I'm gutted. I'm not going to be able to go there. It's a quarter to eight kickoff because of obviously Sky being an absolute. Oh, how annoying, yeah. Uh, it's a quarter to eight kick on boxing there. That's never going to happen. So mm-hmm. I'll be definitely too many beers deep at that point. But it's <laughs> um, but yeah, Joe, Ipswich, Leicester, what are you thinking? Ipswich, three, Leicester, one. Blimey. I yep. love that. Um, I'm going to go for uh, Desmond, two all. On the fence, on the fence, but I, I appreciate that. I, I understand. Don't want to get too excited. Yeah, I'd, I'd love it, honestly. If we mm. can, if we can uh, somehow hold Leeds to a result, even if it's a draw, and keep it at miles length, and then beat Leicester, that'll be, you know, you got to think, keep, you got to dream about promotion by that point, right? Boxing oh, yes. day, in that point. So, yes, that'll be unbelievable. Um, I'll be very drunk if that, at that point, if that's the case. <laughs> um, and then obviously League One. Orient Charlton, the what the early kickoff a one pm on. It the is. Day. We are a one pmer. Um, I think because I'll be there in attendance, they'll they'll play up for me. Yeah. So we're going two one Orient. That's what we're going with. Three 0 Orient. I'm going for Whoa. big big wins. That's that, that's a double, that's a double whammy for me. That works both ways because either. Well, no. What Orient can keep clean sheets to save their life, so I'm definitely getting. <laughs> I, I, you're definitely not getting three points in the prediction league, and if we actually win, then then happy days. So yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that's a win-win for me. Agreed. Hundred like percent. And then um, the the game I had to go for in League Two. And before we go into it, obviously hmm. I want to send commiserations yeah. and after their eight nil drubbing against. Uh, yeah. Who they play? It was um oh Stockport, wasn't it? Marty yeah. Stockport. Was... I think we've really put the mockers on Sutton season. I'm afraid, <laughs> but by highlighting them early doors, we seem to have really put the spotlight on them. Like it's bad news bears. I thought yeah. after that little run of draws that they might they might have turned the corner, but uh, alas, not. No, that was a uh, it was shambolic and uh, <laughs> and Sutton, please refund your fans for having to go through <laughs> unbelievably awful. Um, okay, and the game I've gone for in League Two, there was two games I was really really tight between, but I've gone for it for a various reason. So I was going to go for Barrow Stockport because obviously that's first versus second currently. That's a great game, I think, on Boxing Day, but. I have to go with Swindon Wrexham after there. Was it five all game, wasn't it? They went for it at the yeah. start of the season. Um, so I've gone Swindon Wrexham. 
because um, obviously they're massively free scoring, and I can see this being a bit of a bloodbath. So we'll see what happens. Joe, okay. what about- purely for that reason, one all. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely <laughs> yeah. see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> I was tempted to go nil nil and yeah. see what actually yeah. the thing was, but uh, no, I'm going to go for a um, three two Wrexham away win. Oh, I like that. That's bold. Yeah, cool. Goals. Oh, there you go. I, my my Christmas football appetite is whetted now. I'm I'm excited, even more now. Rides on Orient Charlton for yeah. exciting and, times. And and we'll, we'll try and record. We'll try and record just in the week after Christmas. Yes, yeah. yeah. See if we can get that reaction, and we're sure we can make the time. That'd be good. But yeah, there we go. That is the that is the end of the uh, sesh Christmas special. So obviously, <laughs> it's a uh, it's been a unbelievable one it's been my favorite episode by five i'm thoroughly enjoyed it and um hopefully this is not our last pod of the year but obviously uh it'd be our last pod before christmas so we obviously hope the listeners have a, a great christmas and uh thank you for sticking with us for the last five five months it's been mm-hmm. mad to think we've already five months in we're so close to a thousand thousand individual listeners which is abs- um, unbelievable and um yeah, I'm really looking forward to you know 2024 for the pod. I think it's going to be a great job. Um, uh, you know, from from my perspective, thank you. It's been a great you know few months doing this, and uh, I've enjoyed every second. And uh, yeah, I'll get the uh, I'll get the tears out of the way right now before Christmas, before I uh, indulge myself in too many Baileys and too many uh, too many <laughs> uh, But Joe, any final thoughts before we close today? Oh, that, see, I didn't have anything emotional prepared, so you've made me sound really callous, but. Yeah, it's it's been it's been real. It's been a ride. May all of your football league dreams come true this Christmas. Hundred percent away wins across the board, apart from on Boxing Day. Sugar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's over two away wins yeah. for our team. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would certainly won't be looking good. But no, we hope the listeners you have a wonderful Christmas for your families and wherever you spend it. Um, obviously, you know, follow us on all the major social platforms: Instagram, X. Uh, AFL Sesh Pod, and also, um, you know, get us on all your major podcasting platforms Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, but we will sign off, um, and uh, I am going to crack open a bottle of Bailey's and very much enjoy <laughs> myself, Joe. So, um, listeners, have a wonderful rest of your day and have a merry, merry Christmas from us at the AFL Sesh Pod, and we'll see you soon. Ta da! Yeah!